Hello, this is Ken Ferry with this week's Boats in the Field report. Kind of a small crop report calling around. Uh, Talked to the guys out in northwest Ohio. Uh, Ray says they got about 450 acres of corn to go. They had uh, shut down last night for snow. They're hoping the Saturday warm-up will, uh, with rain will knock the snow out, and then as it freezes up, they'll go back in, and maybe in three days or so they can have it finished. Corn yields, he said, are swinging pretty wild from 150 to over 200 bushel per field, depending on location and planting date. He said between them and uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, there's actually quite a bit of beans and corn left over there to come out. North Central Iowa, talking with Joe and his crew up there, they're grinding away, trying to get to the finish between the mud and the snow and the slick ground. They too are seeing some wild swings in corn yields in the neighborhood from 120 to 250. Said they're seeing some very good responses to fungicide treatments in the corn, even in fields that didn't hit the threshold treatments. You know, they weren't in that quarter uh, threshold that we often talk about. We know that spraying a clean field, it's pretty easy to pick up five bushel, but that doesn't always pay the bill. Spraying does extend the stay green uh, and standability, and basically it gives you a longer fill period if you need it. In this case, in north central Iowa, finding two days of sunshine in a row as they're in the fill period was kind of a challenge. So this probably will help most hybrids. On our Class D hybrids, uh, this would be especially true. So those hybrids that gain a lot of their yield from depth of kernel. And remember, depth of kernel comes the last 30 days of fill. Joe said he's seeing a lot of that in, in his area where the Class D hybrids are responding 20 and 30 bushel, way above the 5 bushel response that would typically be warrant with the amount of uh, disease pressure and stuff. And he said this is especially true in the fields that they sprayed later into brown silk. We're seeing similar stuff here as we go through yield maps and the plots. This is something that we'll be looking at pretty hard going forward, especially with now the decreased in fungicide cost in the past year or so. It may start to become a standard. We're going to plan to just spray our Group D hybrids at that brown silk period. Over in Northeast Iowa, helped my brother-in-law uh, with corn harvest through uh, Thanksgiving. And very similar to North Central Iowa, they're fighting conditions from slippery and slimy on top to frozen to mud, everything in between. Uh, not much field work done, not much anhydrous put on. My nephew Jared thought he was driving a Jesus tractor, one of those that could walk on water. Uh, he found out different, uh, but nothing two tractors hooked together couldn't pull out and get back at it. The guys in Cedar Falls are finished uh, with the harvest, but two struggling to get any fall nitrogen or tillage done. Here in Illinois, it's surprising how many fields uh, are left, how many soybean fields are left. Earlier, the elevators were not taking wet beans. I am getting reports in from different areas that now some of these elevators, as harvesters finish up, they are going back and taking these 19% beans, and they're going to have to dry them down. So if you're still waiting on your beans to come down, you may want to recheck with your local elevators. They may be in a position where they can take those wet beans now and we can get them out before this weather gets much worse. Along with not getting the fall tillage done, several people, I guess quite a few people, have been calling in and been looking at what do we do about our fall anhydrous? We didn't get our fall anhydrous on. What do we? What's our plan B from here? Well, first off, for you guys that didn't get your fall anhydrous done, uh, most of it is because you guys are good stewards. You're waiting with your nitrogen until the soil temperatures come down. So to this, I commend you for doing the right thing. With that said, we need a plan B. 
My first recommendation is stay alert to field conditions, watching for the days that you can run. Maybe you can pick off days here and there and eventually get this job done. The most important thing, though, is that the gas is sealing. When you get out of the tractor and walk behind that machine, you shouldn't smell ammonia. Don't let smoke roll out all the way across the field just because you want to mark this off your to-do list. Most fields, it's more of a traction issue than a sealing issue, and you may want to take advantage of those days where we have a light crust uh, to keep the tractor up on and run. Some years we get a window in February as well to finish this chore as well. Moving it to spring does bring some challenges. We like to see anhydrous on two to three weeks before planting to prevent crop burn. When anhydrous goes in the ground in the soil, the pH soil pH swings to near 14 in the anhydrous zone in that core. If a root system gets to that high pH core, it will be burned and it can kill the plant. Your rate of nitrogen, the soil moisture, dictate how large that core gets. On dry years, the anhydrous core or the anhydrous may make its way all the way to the surface if it doesn't find enough water to attach to and gas off. If you're injecting six or seven inches deep with the anhydrous, you're going to get about a six to eight inch diameter core. So what that means, three to four inches out from the knife tip either way, meaning that that the top of that high pH core is going to be about three inches below the surface. Now it would be shallower for some of the single coulter machines versus the knife. We need enough rain to tame that pH down before the root system gets to it. So two weeks ahead of planting is kind of a rule of thumb, hoping that by the time the seed germinates and gets three inches in depth, we've received the rain to calm that core down. Inch and a half or so in that time frame. With that said, I've seen serious burn from February anhydrous in a dry spring. Good news with today's RTK steering is we can put anhydrous on the day of planting if we don't plant on top of it. So save your AB lines and move over 15 inches. You can plant whenever you want. There's also the possibility of moving this to a side dress pass. Now I know some of you don't like side dressing, but believe me, you'll live through it. Many of your neighbors do. The big issue is with the guys that are strip tilling in the fall with anhydrous. I know many of you growers have went to leaving the anhydrous out and pulling the strip till bar when the ground is fit earlier in the harvest cycle. The drier conditions make a better strip. Remember that strip is your seedbed. Mixing the two definitely is more efficient, but it does limit you to the conditions when the soil is cool enough for the anhydrous, dry enough to build a good strip. If you're mixing these two, you should always have a backup plan for years like this because they're going to happen about three out of seven, three out of eight probably. If you can't get gas to seal, you may have to lay the strip down and come back at a different time with the nitrogen. Running in wetter conditions doesn't make the best strip, so you may also want to line up a strip freshener for the spring. I would suggest that if you don't get the strips done by mid-February to switch from a mole knife machine to something with coulters and row cleaners, especially in those clays and silty clay loam soils that want to, with the mole knife, want to rule out that soil in what I call watermelon rinds. And you may not see enough freezing and thawing to break them down. You're going to deal with a very cloudy seed bed. So backup plans could be anything from just plain no-till in the field or hitting it with a vertical harrow in the spring and then planting it, or running your row freshener through the field ahead of time, put some nitrogen on there, come back and plant in that row freshener, 
or traditional tillage. Now you guys with deeper combine tracks and ruts, you need a different plan than no-till. Remember the seedbed comes first. We have many windows to manage our nitrogen. We have only one window to manage that seedbed, at least the first time. For those that have made plans to plant soybeans early next spring, don't forget to factor that in on coming up with a plan B for your nitrogen. Don't give up the window for early bean planting that we can uh, identify as bumping bean profits uh, to be putting nitrogen on that can be put on at a lot of other uh, junctures of the season. So keep that in mind. What's your manpower? What's your equipment? How are you going to get all this done? We had a lot of calls from guys that are making their spring plans. Questions about seed treatments, herbicides, traits, things like that. And with today's commodity prices, everyone is looking for a place to shave some money off. When it comes to herbicide, I'm going to just warn you, be careful not to save your way into a weedy mess. Think about the conditions and the pressures for each field as you lay your plans out. For some of you, don't forget the volunteer corn coming your way on those fields that were down. And for you corn on corn guys that had down corn, beware of this challenge. How are you going to handle that? Don't forget our basic and advanced basic meeting, December 10th and 11th. To stay up to date, check out our website at croptechinc.com and subscribe to our podcast, Boots in the Field Report. Keep her safe, keep her moving.